everyone, I am Maddie Miles, founder of Peace Love Hormones, and our mission is to empower women to take control of their menstrual health through education and top quality functional supplements. Together, we will uncover why your health may be struggling and how to heal your hormones and optimize the health of your entire body the natural way. Now let's get to it. Welcome to another episode of the Peace Love Hormones podcast. It is your um, favorite little duo. It is me, your host, Maddie Miles, and one of my best friends, Kate Morton. She's the founder of Funkit Seeds, those seeds that I eat every single day. And I will, except during my, um, yeah, we're working on the sesame allergy. (laughs) But (laughs) anyway, today we are talking about sex because it's such a taboo topic in society and I don't understand why because we all do it we need it to make babies you know Mm -hmm. and we talk about being pregnant very openly we talk about having children children going into adults we were all children at one point we were made by sex so why can't we talk about it so let's talk about it because you know I want to make this topic not so taboo Um, but I also want to touch on some other things like sex ed and the all the things lacking with sex ed and what we didn't learn why libido is so important why it's one of our vital signs of our health also um why orgasms are incredibly important for our health we also are going to get into how birth control affects your libido um, and we can talk from personal experience as well um, and tips to get your libido back naturally of course because we always do everything naturally so Kate do you just want to introduce yourself one more time I think everyone knows you at this point we have another episode together where we talk about seed cycling we break down the science of seed cycling if you haven't checked that out go check it out it is episode two of the peace love hormones podcast but introduce yourself again Hello! Okay, my name's Kate. I am the founder of Funkit Wellness. We make seed cycling kits and we just launched a new organic maca powder, which is all about some libido love. Um, I, Like I said, I'm a dietitian. I have been working in nutrition for almost 10 years at this point. I am obsessed with cycles, talking about periods, and anything with the stigma around it, including sex. Um, if you want to combine them, we can talk about period sex too. We can talk about all of the things, but I'm really happy to be here and ready to dive in. All right. So let's talk about sex ed first. (laughs) Do you even remember the lack of sex ed? Maybe that's where we should start. The lack of sex ed. You know what's crazy? I posted this on Instagram actually. So I I hope a lot of people already know this um, from my post, but only 15 states in the country are required by law that their sex education is medically accurate, which is wild, wild. And I was like, okay, that makes so much more sense why our sex ed It just lacked any type of, like, good, strong foundational information about just anything. I'm not saying I didn't have sex ed because I could have just not been paying attention. I was not the most studious high school student. I definitely got that instilled in me in college, but I don't remember it. You don't? I think I remember, like, use a condom, don't get pregnant, and that was it. Like, hey, everybody. (laughs) Um, But that's, that's all I remember is, like, don't get pregnant. And it blows my mind because if I would have learned about cycle tracking as a teenager, one, I would have understood so much more about my body. 
I could have probably avoided birth control, which I talk about in that seed cycling episode pretty in depth how much of a number that did on my body personally because I had the implant. And then three, I think that it would just empower people to feel like with their sexuality versus that disempowerment of don't do this thing, it's bad. Yes. You know? Oh my goodness. And the, and I would love to get into that throughout this episode too, just like the shame around sex, especially so placed on women. Like I feel like there's a lot of shame around sex, but most of it is placed on women. And it's like if a guy goes out and, you know, has a bunch of sex, he's like cool, mm-hmm. he's like a player, whatever. If women talk about it, it's like, oh, she's a, a slut. And it's terrible. So I want to talk about the shame around it all. Um, but staying on sex ed, so my experience with sex ed, kind of similar to yours. I don't really remember it. It's funny. I remember the room that it was in in high Same. school. I, I see <laughs> the room and my teacher, but I- I can't remember if we actually talked about sex. Well, I think that just goes to confirm that whatever we were taught, it clearly wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't monumental. You know, it didn't really teach us a lot because we would have remembered it. It wasn't worth remembering. No. Let's just put it that way. I do, though, remember, like, the very dark room that we were in during sex ed and, like, the nasty carpet floors. I remember it was just my gym teacher, my PE teacher that was teaching us it. We used a banana. We used a banana for the condom. I did have sex ed. I did. And it was also a PE teacher. I was thinking of a totally different class. But that's also not like a fair topic. Like why aren't expert professionals brought in to teach it just for a day? Like a day lecture with like a doctor or a nurse or anyone certified. Right. And I mean it should be even more more than a day. But a day is more than what we're given. Yeah. Like if even people like us went in and we just talked about like tracking your cycle properly. The four phases. I know, right? We'll talk about that (laughs) later, you and I. Um, okay, so anyway, we already covered sex ed, the lack of education there. Um, which goes to make sense like why then it's such a taboo topic as well. Because in sex ed it's very much so like, you know, you do this and if you're going to do this and you're not trying to have a kid, then you need to be on birth control, the woman. And the guy should wear a condom to prevent mm-hmm. STDs. I don't know where we lost along the way that, like, actually condoms are a fabulous way to prevent birth and, you know, pregnancy yeah. as well. Instead, the focus was, like, on, you know, preventing STDs and, like, fungal infections and bacterial infections, which is super interesting because I was listening to a podcast, actually, um, and it it hasn't always been this way. Actually, birth control was not, like, the favored form of birth control up until like a certain point it was condoms and like the barrier method Mm -hmm. so I I don't know the exact year that there was that shift of like no it's birth control which by the way is not 100% effective either he knows somebody that has gotten pregnant on birth control my mom my mom had both of my older siblings on birth control so just saying and like you know I think there should be I'm like I was really scared. Like, I definitely got that, like, scared STD talk. Like, you have to be so – and you do have to be careful. And I think we do need a healthy dose of fear. And maybe not Mm -hmm. fear, but just realizing, like, you actually can have something that can impact you for the rest of your life. And just like what we take our health seriously, like, condoms are a great way to prevent that. For sure. You know, they should be more – We should just be having open conversations with our partners about everything, especially women. Like, I think it was – a little bit over 60% of us report being um, sexually unsatisfied, uh-huh. which is, like, so believable, though, because for the longest time, and we can talk about this, like, the first time I had my first orgasm, mm-hmm. I was like, that's what it feels like. I think <laughs> everyone has that 
distinct memory of like, oh, oh, yeah, like wow, I've been doing it wrong for a long time. Like I sort of just thought like, I don't know, sex. It's not that it wasn't fun, but like, I it it we have a very different anatomy, and it is it's hard. It's kind of like it's a science to actually stimulate us. You know, and I think it's important for that education piece because if people don't know that and like you're not given education or being empowered around your education, like, you know, you can be in charge of your own pleasure and your own enjoyment. And there's so many things that the shame just comes in. And I think that's a really important thing to talk about because I still feel like I deal with that because like when you're told for so long, like sex is bad, you're just going to have a baby, all these things like you have to undo a lot of it. And I think so much of it, many of us, we kind of enter this new phase in our life where we're like, oh, I'm like this empowered person, but you're still undoing all of the, trauma's not the right word, but like. Kind of. I mean, you're unlearning. You're having to unlearn so much. And I've had to unlearn so much. And you know this, like eating disordered behaviors and just like over-exercise, all of these like bad diets like there's so much that we really have to like tune out and this is how we need to focus um now is our focus our efforts on like truly becoming in tune with our body and like yeah just erasing the shame around food and exercise and sex and all of these things that just come with being a human you know especially sex like you know it's not just to get pregnant or not get pregnant which is i think a major lack in sex education because that's how it was kind of taught to us. Even like the birds and the bees conversation, I feel like with the mm-hmm. parents, it's very like uncomfortable. Everyone's like, did you ever get the birds and the bees talk? Mm-hmm. And like, I just remember it being very much so like, you know, you have to be super careful so you don't get pregnant. So then we just have this idea of sex being like kind of like this bad, naughty thing that we do outside of trying to get pregnant. And I would love to bash that, like bust that myth right now, yeah. because our libido is a super important marker of our health, and orgasms are so so healthy. I just did a study, and I Let's don't have it. the exact study in front of me, so please don't like quote me on this. But I was reading, like I know that it was talking about it had proven like three orgasms a week can lead to like a longer life expectancy. I want to say it set up to twenty percent, but. Please don't quote me on that. I need to go fact check myself. But I know the research study studied people over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And that orgasms actually did lead to, lo- lead to longer lives. They're incredible in so many different ways. Like, so sex itself, <clears throat> it boosts immunity. It's hormone balancing. Um, it produces more oxytocin, which is our love and yes. binding hormone, um, which also results in less stress, better sleep. And when we are less stressed and we are sleeping better – everything else falls into place and we have better sex too (laughs) it all like a big beautiful circle and you know from a nutrition standpoint when you feel good and you're eating foods that are like really fueling your body and you're managing your stress your body can relax and come out of that fight or flight mode and say oh I'm ready to do something I enjoy Mm -hmm. versus like constantly living like feeling like crap never sleeping like being dehydrated so it's crazy it's all this big beautiful ball of holistic healing when you realize that every single thing it actually also impacts your sex life it impacts right. your hormones it impacts your period it literally it impacts, impacts everything your health. like 
it all comes together. Yes, exactly. So should we talk about like sex and how it changes throughout the four phases yes. of a woman's cycle? Because I love to I love to preach on this because so men they have their circadian rhythm. This is the twenty four hour clock. Women have it as well, but we also have the infradian rhythm, which is our twenty eight day cycle, unique to us. Men do not have this cycle. So men produce most of their most of their testosterone, which is their main uh, sex hormone, between the hours of ten p.m. and five a.m. Which makes, makes sense, sense why they wake up and they're, like, ready to have sex in the morning. And I remember feeling so much, like, shame and guilt being, like, this was, like, in my previous relationship. Like, why don't I want to have sex in the morning, yeah. you know? And then, like, I feel shame because, again, like, no one's out here. Well, we're trying to. But no one else is really out there preaching, like, hey, woman, like, that's okay. Not only is it okay, but it's actually normal because it's how your hormones are. It's not because you're a default person, you're like a default human, or because, you it's know, something's wrong with you. It's because you're unique. It's because your hormones aren't there right now, you know, depending on which phase of your cycle you're in. Or in my case, I was on birth control, which we can get into <laughs> birth control and how birth control literally hacks your libido and just like. Or you're yeah. on a birth control where you bleed for two years and you're just like, yeah, oh. probably don't want to have sex right now oh my goodness we could, yeah we will get into that for sure because that's really important and I got a bunch of questions on my Instagram story this morning being like I'm on birth control and it's gone you know mm -hmm. which is normal I don't want people to feel like they're crazy for having it be gone um and that it's like a partner issue I mean I guess it could be a partner issue but I wouldn't jump to that first because that's what I freaked out about I'm like do I not like my partner it's and my it's like fault. yeah it's my fault which no it's because I was taking hormonal birth control which was funking with my hormones yes. and um but anyway let's first off if you are not on hormonal birth control let's just let's first talk about this situation so if you're not on hormonal birth control and you're psyching your trackle tracking your cycle <laughs> you're tracking your cycle um let's talk about how it can fluctuate throughout our cycle yes okay so first off when we're talking about libido i like to back up and say it is normal to ebb and flow in your libido which has to do with your cycle so don't feel like you have to be on it ready to go revved up all the time to have a good libido did everyone hear that? Yes. <laughs> we'll we'll okay. get it <laughs> again. Your libido is not Amazon Prime. It is not ready to go all the time. It's not an Uber. It's not an Uber. <laughs> you can't just turn it on and off as much as we would love to. It does fluctuate with your cycle. That is normal. And creating some partner education there I think is really great. Um, being really comfortable with whoever your sexual partner is and saying, you know, this is how I'm feeling today. This is where I am in my cycle. Um just communicating openly, I want to put that out there first, I think is the first biggest step because, you know, our hormones just shift so much in 28 days that we want to make sure we're recognizing that and acknowledging it. Yes, I love that. Thank you for prefacing with that. I'm like moving Kate's yes, mic closer. I'm like, get closer to the mic. <laughs> also, just a little side note, everyone, we've had an interesting morning. Um, the SD card for the re the recorder was not the right SD card. We and then Kate, we went to Walgreens. Kate thought she lost her keys. Um, but we are here an hour later than anticipated. Um, and we are talking about this fabulous conversation. So, okay, back to back to our so let's phases. Start with <laughs> your menstrual phase. 
which is our first phase of our cycle. The first day of your bleed is the first day of your cycle. I get this question all the time. So I'm like, yep. you know what? I'm just going to make sure that this information gets into every single podcast episode because some people know. Going off that a little more, like if you do have some spotting or some hormonal imbalance, I like to say your first like true bleed day, like count that as cycle day number one. Okay. How do you feel about that? You know what? I think I would agree with that. I don't know if they're – I mean because you are spotting a little bit, so I think it would be a safe bet to maybe do like an average of the day of like yes. when you are spotting and also if you're spotting note that note that because that also could be due to like progesterone deficiency like there are which other things that we could get into with that i had from my birth control which tied into my libido issues so we can talk about that later okay so amazing. we've started our period we're bleeding our hormones are low they are so low. Your hormones are very low. You're tired. Again, like to get into like some cycle thinking method, um, you know, whatever, you really should not be pushing yourself really hard in any regard, in any aspect of your life, whether it's work, it's social, it's like working out. Um, you should really be resting. And yeah, your hormones are lower. So if you're not feeling all like spunky and in the mood, that's okay. But on the flip side of that, if you are – that's also okay. And there are so many ways to have period sex, which a lot of people don't like talking about. But um, we posted a blog about it on Valentine's Day because in the middle of the month, a lot of people are on their period. And we kept getting DMs like, what do I do for my period? And so obviously open communication with your partner again, but you can have sex on your period. And there's plenty of ways if you don't want it to be messy, you know, the shower, you can put a towel down. There's so many mm -hmm. things to do. But so many hacks. The biggest thing, no pressure. This is your time to go inside of yourself, figure out what you need, and take it easy. This is the time of the month of your cycle to just be incredibly selfish. And selfish is not a bad thing, especially when it oh. comes to your period. Be selfish and also be with someone who supports you being selfish. Yes. I think that is my biggest advice for menstrual phase sex. It's your – it's always your call, but – you know, yeah. if you're into it, if you're not, it's your choice. Yeah. And also, again, like your energy is super low during this phase. So if you don't feel like having sex, that's most likely why. Because your hormones are low and your energy is low. And you do not feel like being sexy and having sex. So, again, totally okay if your libido is lower. Um, I would say that's kind of the norm is that yeah. most women have lower libido um, during their menstrual cycle. But as you get into the follicular phase – Things start to get funky. I love my <laughs> We're dancing. Um, because this is when you're like creative and your hormones are starting to pick back up and you may be starting to feel more like yourself again. Um, you know, if you're cycle syncing and seed cycling, you the effects are definitely more mild, but you do feel that little pickup in energy mm -hmm. and you may be feeling more adventurous of this time of your cycle, which is exciting. Yeah. Trying new things shiny things in the bedroom. Yeah. Be this is the time. Here. This is a time when you're feeling confident and excited. Um, so, yeah, as it picks up and we lead up to ovulation, that's kind of when you naturally see libido start to rise. Um, and if it's not rising as much as you want, that's also something to talk to someone about. Yeah. Um, there's so much you can do. Well, and we'll get into that as well. Like at the very end, we'll close up with tips on how to naturally boost your libido. Um, and again, because this is our libido is such like a vital marker of our health, there are many things that we can take from like knowing that we have a low libido and like, uh, yeah, just, okay, well, what do I have to do? Also, what's going on in my life right now? Am I stressed out yes. right now? You know, if I'm stressed out, that Are makes a lot of sense. Water? 
Are you sleeping? <laughs> Jinx. I love when we finish each other's sentences. <laughs> um, but yeah, follicular phase. This is my time. I would say if you want to try something new or if you want to be more adventurous, this is definitely a time when your cycle is going to lend to that. And again, be having these open conversations with your partner. Like we shouldn't have sex be something scary to talk about. Like if you're dissatisfied with sex, it may have nothing to do with your hormones. You just may not be like being satisfied in the in the bedroom, and that's something that you should be very open and communicative about. I was really nervous um for a while, like talking about like what made me feel good, mm-hmm. you know. And I kind of just like it's like oh like, and this is another thing I think you know porn can be a problem for like young men mm-hmm. watching that because it's not realistic. So like from a young age, and they're also just like taught like just like the stereotypical things to do focus. it's male pleasure focused. so then like they just do like the stereotypical blueprint of what like they think pleasures a girl and um it doesn't really feel good and so i remember for a long time i was like i can't talk about what actually makes me feel good again because there's a stigma around sex and now i mean whatever we talk about periods and vaginas and, ev- and sex for our careers so it's much easier for us but this is what we're trying to do we're trying to get this open communication yeah, with your partner like it takes you got this like I used to like be scared of sex never want to talk about it would never communicate what I was feeling and you can really take power back in that when you start to communicate and learn about your cycle yes definitely and also like think about how cool nature is because if you think about it so ovulation and leading up to ovulation we have that fertile window Mm -hmm. and I mean we have our cycles for many reasons but mostly to fertilize an egg become pregnant and procreate um however oh well I guess not however it's just so cool if you think about it because it's like well we start to get this natural boost in libido while we're fertile Mm -hmm. so it just makes more it just makes so much sense like nature is infinitely smarter than us and so beautiful honestly the less we do to intervene with it and the more we let it work and do its magic like the happier we'll be the more like the better more better our systems to sex and ovulation Oh, yeah. Which is your hot, hot time. We, but be careful. We need to ovulate, too. Like, there could be a whole podcast episode on the benefits of ovulation. Yes. And every single ovulation that we have in our fertile years goes to support a better menopause and postmenopause um, time for us as women, which is huge because – you know, that's another thing is, like, menopause is seen as this, like, really bad thing. Like, now it's, like, a diagnosis. And it's, like, that's just natural. That's nature mm-hmm. working, it's you know? It's protecting us, too. Menopause is really protective right. for our bodies. And it's a whole – we could do a whole other episode on that. Because we don't need that high estrogen, no. you know, the same estrogen when we are in our fertile years as when we're postmenopausal. So, again – so many episodes to come in the future and also Kate is one of my besties and she lives here in Austin which is so cool like right now we're recording this podcast actually live on Instagram so many of you guys are watching this live and you know you'll get to hear it and after it's been studio edited in a couple of weeks but yeah you'll we'll have a bunch of episodes and if you guys have little side note if you have like topic inquiries or recommendations send me a DM I love hearing from you guys and yeah both of us love hearing yeah, from you guys. We, I love answering DMs. It's like one of my favorite parts of my job is getting to talk to everyone in the DMs and email and all those things. Um, it's okay. amazing. Okay, let's do luteal and then we'll do tips to get yeah. your libido back and then we'll wrap it up. 
Okay, I must interrupt this podcast episode really, really quickly just to let you guys all know that my supplement will be releasing July 2nd. I repeat, July 2nd. My PMS Soothing Functional Supplement will be released for everyone to purchase on my website, peacelovehormones.com. Make sure that you are subscribed to both text and email so you get all of the latest updates and know when you can start buying your PMS supplement. And as always, so much love. Peace, love, hormones. Luteal is our longest phase. Mm -hmm. And it can be a love-hate phase depending on if you are cycle syncing and doing all the things um, that Maddie and I preach constantly because I hated my luteal phase for a long – I was a different person in my luteal phase. And I'm in my luteal phase now. My period's supposed to start on Friday and – which it will. But it is starting on Friday. I feel great. And, like, I think that – we yeah, we both feel great. You just gotta have your menstrual phase. Are you in follicular now? Yeah, I'm in my follicular, which is why I'm like so like, let's just do stuff and like I'm very energetic and yeah, and it's, my it's fantastic. And my keys and everything else, but I feel great. And <laughs> this is a time you know you can feel really good or really bad, and that's kind of how I look at it. And the luteal phase is a little different for everybody. Your libido can vary. I would say mine stays pretty high until right around like when my period is. Um, and mine definitely dips on my period. My period for me is like a no-go zone because I'm just like trying to keep everything like going. And I have a great period, but I also just like don't feel sexy on my period. I wish I did. but And yeah. I think that's okay. Again, like our estrogen is really low. Yeah. And our estrogen is one that makes us feel, you know, like, oh, ooh. Yeah. Also, yeah, everything is just lower. I feel and like so phase is a good time for like a quickie. Because it's like your get get it done phase where like you do want to engage and like your libido is going, but it's kind of like your quickie phase where you're like, okay, I want to do this, but like, can we make it a little Yeah. Quick? You're like, I know like the science behind like sex and orgasms and why it's really good for us. So how about we like, let's factor this in. I have about 10 minutes free right here this let's afternoon. I feel like get- my luteal phase is when I pack my schedule. And like, so I think my advice for luteal phase is actually really, really focusing on um, what mental health like Mm -hmm. really slowing down and just focusing on yourself meditating in this phase getting really in touch and then you know then you don't have to make it quickie time it can be whatever time you want also I do want to say because I just said really quickly and it was jokingly like oh quick 10 minutes actually the longer we extend the orgasm the better the more benefits Mm -hmm. that we get so really try to like kind of prolong that it shouldn't be like a oh we're in and out because you know we just want to be efficient it's like the longer you can stay in that like climax state actually the benefit the more benefits we get which only makes sense you know yeah so I think it's one of those things too where when you're in touch with your body and you know what you like you can like rush to it when actually it's, it's good to remind her to take our time so I think in luteal phase you know take your time really focus on your mental health and meditating and not just trying to get it in but to enjoy yourself too because I find myself being really busy and rushing around in that phase and that's not what's best for us. Yeah okay we only have a couple more minutes left and I really do want to touch quickly before we conclude with the tips to get your libido back. Um, I do want to touch on birth control and I can speak from personal experience as well like hormonal birth control. I mean, literally it 
does actually it's funny um jolene brighton dr jolene brighton jokes about in her book how the true way that birth control works is that it actually just shuts off your libido and you don't want to have yeah. sex anyway which Fan i think is over her. right Love i know her. right which is so funny because i'm like literally that's how i felt i had no libido at all um we're not ovulating on hormonal birth control so that's another you know that's a myth that we busted last week in our live is like that bleed is not your period because we're not ovulating um it's breakthrough bleeding so with no ovulation we get no progesterone with no progesterone i mean we're more stressed we're more anxious we're not sleeping as well we are not feeling all of those good things to have good healthy sex and a good healthy orgasm so that is one of the many ways that hormonal birth control does affect our libido Um, it also increases our sex hormone binding globulin Mm -hmm. so with all of that and already lower hormones and then all of those like binding to those proteins that's just a nerdy way of saying it's really hacking our libido. We're not, we don't have the right hormones to have a healthy libido and healthy orgasms. So that's a quick note on birth control. Do you want to say anything about yeah, birth control? I'll give a quick note on that too. So I mine completely shut down my libido. I had the next one on in my arm. I spotted for like a little over two years, which caused so many issues. Um, and then I was progesterone deficient for three years after getting off of it. And I like to point out, I think it's everyone's informed decision and choice. I just wish someone would have told me because I thought I was broken. Like, I thought it was my fault. Like, I didn't have a libido. I'm like, what's wrong with me? Like, I'm a bad partner. I'm all these things. And, you know, that can really get in your head. And I already think there's so much pressure around libido. And if you're having something that's suppressing it already and then you're having a lot of pressure around it and you're getting in your own head and it just compounds on itself. Like, I was reading, like, the biggest block of orgasms is actually our own brain. So it's just, like, imposter syndrome in orgasm format. Like, it's all these different things. So Well, and birth control messes with our neurotransmitters. So all of those good neurotransmitters to, like, speaking on the brain part, you know, to, like, get in that safe, secure state yeah, where you are, like, you're wanting to have sex. And, you know, we are not going to have great sex and have a great orgasm if we're stressed out. So, again, there are just so many ways that birth control affects it, and it's more of, like, let's just be educated on it. So, therefore, we know what to expect both short-term and long-term in terms of, you know, health effects. Um, And also to reduce shame because then we start to understand why we're not sleeping and why we're stressed out and why we're maybe getting panic attacks, why we are having digestive issues, low libido. No, it's like – it's great if you, if you want to be on it and that's the best choice for you, great. I'm so proud of you for making that decision for yourself. Just know that if you do experience these things, it's not your fault. You can talk to your doctor about it. Um, you can talk to a naturopathic doctor about it. You can talk to anyone. Talk to anyone about Probably it, talk to a naturopathic yeah. doctor or a functional or a practitioner in this realm. Do not be discouraged or surprised if you're – traditional conventional doctor or gynecologist is not in support of it and don't let that deter you from making the best decision for your body because I did not have any conventional doctors on my side when I got off. See, and I so. got lucky because I went through a lot. I went through six gynecologists, but I finally I found one in Austin I really love and she's so supportive of my decision not to be on it. It's and amazing. So I think like, you know, finding someone who listens to you, that's that's just my biggest thing. It's not your fault. You are perfect the way you are and you have everything you need to unlock the libido that you want it's just sometimes that birth control can mess it up so 
don't feel broken like I did. No, it's not your fault. And that's what I would want anyone listening to this to really know. Well, let's talk about unlocking it. So I want to focus on like three things to get it back. And it's really so simple. I think a lot of people overcomplicate this, you know, and it's really simple. And I think it's actually sexy. I know sometimes you're like, it's the not sexy Mm -hmm. things. And it's like, but let's make it sexy. Let's reduce our stress, number one, because stress precedes 95% of all disease. So if we just combat stress, a lot of things are just going to fall into place in our life, but especially our libido. So let's reduce stress. That means making sure that you get to bed outside of like emotional stress. I mean, it's getting adequate sleep, enough water, filtered water, um, you know, making sure that you're eating enough food and it's food that is supporting your body. Um, and also making sure that you're, you know, there are a lot of stressors that we can't really, we can't really control. So these xeno stressors are like the over a hundred thousand man-made toxic chemicals that we encounter on a daily basis. If you break a bone like I did, or, you know, um, you lock your keys in your car, you lock your keys you in your car. Yeah. I mean like gut stress, <laughs> you can control that. Get a tile. We're going to get you a tile. I have a tile, but I love goodness um but you know gut stress and like all of these gut issues so there are a lot of different forms of stress on the bodies and I think a lot of times we we don't really take those into account and we just think of emotional stress so a lot of people are like I'm not stressed right now in my life and it's like well, how's your gut doing are you sleeping are you sleeping during the right hours how many times did you poop like are you getting a period so there are a lot of things um but you know to sum it up control the stress is number one tip for getting it back. Number two, let's talk about nutrient deficiencies. Again, you're not just what you eat, you're what you absorb. So I like to really dive into gut health when we're talking about trying to support our body with any kind of food. So eating for your cycle is one of the number one ways to support your libido. And that's how we actually got started on wanting to do this podcast is because when you're seed cycling and your cycle syncing, your cervical mucus, I promise it's going to come back. You're going to have WAP. You're going to be ready to go. Like, I swear, because I struggled with that. And then I started really cycle syncing and seed cycling. Nuts and seeds have so many of the nutrients we need. Um, You know, zinc is also really great for egg quality if you are trying to conceive. And that plays a huge role. So really focusing on your nutrition is really important and everyone's is going to be slightly different the things I do really like to talk about and I know you you can jump into this is one the nutrients you do get depleted on the pill but two enough fiber veggies water hence why hence why we don't do keto because we need yeah no keto for my woman um for my fertile woman at least let's just let's say that veggies lots of veggies our beans our legumes and also you know to talk about yeah, nutrient deficiencies. So if you need help in starting cycle syncing or seed cycling, Kate owns a seed cycling company. We will make sure that her website and my reference code is linked in these show notes. Also, my cycle syncing guide. You know, this is my jam. This was like the bulk of my research was cycle syncing and the different types of foods. And I am plant-based. So it was really hard for me and I to step out of my comfort zone to find the plant-based foods to go and support a woman's cycle and talk to other naturopath doctors and people in this realm who are plant-based. And so I created an entire guide of just like the best information out of all the information that I ever read. And I put it in Maddie's guide. 
great. Thank and you. And I've read a lot of cycle thinking guides, and I like I always Thank recommend. You. Edition two came out um a couple weeks ago, and so that's it's updated on my website. Anyone who bought the book got an updated version. Um, but yeah, that's great. Between that and the seeds, which I referenced the seeds, Kate seeds in my cycle thinking guide, that is a great way to start. And I see orders go in every single day, and it makes me so happy. So please start there. Also. Start a prenatal. Start a prenatal, especially if you've been on hormonal birth control. This is something that a lot of people don't know about, and I really want to educate on this because a lot of women think, I'm not trying to get pregnant, so I don't want to take a prenatal. First of all, taking a prenatal is not going to just, like, magically make you get pregnant. You know, again, like, this is all, like, if you have unprotected sex during your fertile phase, then you will get pregnant. Um, but, you know, there there's recent studies to show that women who get pregnant, like, right within the six-month window of getting off hormonal birth control, actually their children have an increase for childhood cancer. So there are still research studies going on. Um, It's still, like, ongoing, I will say that. But that's just another way to show, like, how much we are depleted from being on hormonal birth control and how much these nutrient depletions impact us on so many levels on a daily basis. So making sure that we are combating and fixing and restoring those nutrient uh, deficiencies through seed cycling, through cycle syncing our foods, and taking a good functional grade supplement. Um, keep a lookout for the Peace Love Hormones website because something may be coming out very soon. Do you want to make any other notes on the nutrient deficiencies? Oh, that's great. And just like, you know, focus on those foods and really um, listen to your body. It'll tell you what you need. Yes. Um, it, it's hard to get back in touch with it, but just listen. It'll tell you what you need, but fruits, veggies, legumes, seed cycling, great places yes. to start. And finally, I mean, if you have hormone imbalances going on, this is really going to impact your libido. So our hormones are very sensitive. So whether it's, you know, you're stressed out from like school or work, a lot of times this impacts our ovulation and can even like halt our period. So, you know, really just making sure that you are doing everything you can to support your hormones. Mm -hmm. And if there are hormone imbalances going on, this can really impact our libido. So um, if these hormone imbalances are going on and we're getting this, you know, bad PMS symptoms, which is our body's biofeedback of something's going on. um, Talking to us. Talk to us. Screaming at us. Literally, they're talking to us. They're screaming at us. If this has been going on for, you know, two to four months, I would say it's worth working with a practitioner and getting your labs run, your functional labs run yes. to see where your hormones are at and then getting a very bio-individualized plan for you. But until you get to that point, if you ever even get to that point, it may just be as simple as sleeping more, drinking your water, eating your seeds, and cycle syncing. I, yes, all of that. I love when I like, I feel like I end on a good note and I'm that like, okay. <laughs> I feel like this was a fabulous episode. Thank you for joining me, Kate. It's not You will be on here a lot more, I feel like. Um, I feel like we should do the PLH sign-off. Yeah. Ready? One, two. Peace, love, hormones. One, two, three. Peace, love, hormones. Hi, you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Peace, Love, Hormones podcast. If you feel inclined to do so, please share on your social media and tag both accounts at the Maddie Miles and at Peace Love Hormones so that I can see and share your love with my entire community. Until next time, Peace Love Hormones.